0: friends. You're listening to episode 26, Living the Dream with Mark and Bethany Smith. When a friend invites you over for a cup of coffee, you know that you're about to have a meaningful conversation. Hola, I'm Melissa B. Cartwright, voice and performance coach and Latin creative with over 20 years of professional singing experience and encouraging others to do the same. I believe that both mental and vocal preparation is key to creating confident performing artists. You'll hear stories and advice from me and my guests that will make you think, it'll make you laugh, but most importantly, it will make you walk away saying, phew, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So pour yourself a cup of coffee y bienvenido tu cafecito with the coach. Oh my goodness, friends, are you in for a treat? The audio on this sounds just a little bit different because I'm recording on location, but it is an amazing conversation. My guests today for this cafecito, they are Mark and Bethany Smith. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They are the owners of the Legacy Theater in South Atlanta, serving young, aspiring performers All over metro Atlanta and also providing professional theatrical experiences. Yes, so they own a theater, they produce shows, they have the Legacy Dream Conservatory, and they're also now playwrights. (laughs) They are producing the world premiere of Mark's original musical, Pelagius the New Musical, which I'm actually a part of, I've been cast in and having a wonderful experience. Even if you're not a musical theater artist, I hope that you can listen to this and walk away with so much encouragement because as a performing artist, especially if you are doing this as a career, you're kind of your own entrepreneur. And there's some, some street smart, some savviness and also some takeaways of not giving up Right when you're met with roadblocks along the way, but really finding opportunity for creativity and how your dreams can shift. And my friends are most definitely living the dream. I actually worked with Bethany in my first Equity show, Beauty and the Beast, in Atlanta many moons ago. We are dear friends. Bethany DJed my wedding. Mark was our wedding videographer. I mean, we go way back. But really, grab your whatever beverage of choice, maybe even in a meal take time to enjoy this conversation and be inspired i am here with some of my favorite people in the whole wide world lifelong friends and also just really artistic business badasses (laughs) mark and bethany smith thank you so much for joining me for this cafecito (laughs) so excited so mark and bethany have a really inspiring story and um I'm doing this show at their theater, and I can, I love being with the other actors who don't know my history with you, and just kind of being a fly on the wall and hearing them, how inspired they are by the both of you. And hearing actors say, yeah, like, you know, they're doing the thing, they're they're running the theater, they're doing this, they're, they'll go off to trips to Europe, and the theater's <laughs> running just fine. So um, just just know that, obviously I'm a super fan as well as a friend, but you have a lot of super fans and I think anybody listening is going to quickly become one too. So let's just start. Let's start with Bethany. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go with Mark and then how you guys met. Sure.
1: Um, I am originally from Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, I was primarily raised um, by a single mom who was, um, you know, very strong and always just um, helping us to be um, our individual selves and always encouraging us to do whatever our passions were. Mm-hmm. So both my sister and I went into um, business for ourselves both in our passions. So I think that was all a, always a part of it. Um, I grew up um, singing and dancing and cheerleading. <laughs> and um, it was, I ended up, was I was probably around 19 and I've always been, I've always been a visionary. I, that's always been part of it. And when I was 19, I just kind of spoke it, and I said, someday I want to own a theater, and it seemed so strange, but at the same time, my biggest influences at that time were, I loved Fred Astaire movies, I loved the old 1940s glamour, and the theaters that they were in, and I loved Annie, as far as musical theater, so it was... um, most all of my passions really came together in musical theater and I just just for some reason had this vision of this theater and I wanted to own a theater because I felt like that would be um job stability because I would be able to produce do what I love mm-hmm. perform um and um I couldn't get fired <laughs> so I thought that sounded I thought that sounded really good yeah so then um yeah, so that's, that was kind of always my passion, and then I lived um, all over. I worked on cruise ships. I spent two years of my life at sea, so I was able to travel the world and meet people from all over the world, which was such a special time. Um, I traveled regionally all over the country, so that was where I was always collecting friendships and meeting beautiful people from all over, um, doing musical theater, and every job I did, I was always kind of um, picking the brains of the producers. I always saw things mm-hmm. from a producer's standpoint more than I actually did from an yeah. um, uh, acting standpoint. And many of my friends would always remember me saying, someday I'm going to own a theater. You know, <laughs> uh, This is coming from someone that was just an artist in New York with, with zero money. Like yeah. nothing. So, but yeah. And then, um, and then I was just performing. And I lived in New York City then for a decade. Kind of became my home base before I moved here.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Sir Mark?
2: Well, I grew up in Southwest Virginia and East Tennessee and um, had two wonderful parents that encouraged me to kind of do whatever I wanted to do, and that took me many, many places. I thought at first when I was growing up, I wanted to be a baseball player, and I did that all the way through high school, and I loved baseball. Uh, I, uh, I had a dad that loved history, and so I, I gravitated to that as well, so I wanted to be a history teacher at one point, and I also loved the English language. I loved reading. So all those loves, uh, but I, I think most of all, I loved, <clears throat> what I realized is that I love storytelling. And my mom, uh, we had a wonderful theater there in Southwest Virginia called the Barter Theater. I remember my mom taking us when we were really young and really more into baseball and sports and stuff, but but not dragging us because we actually enjoyed it, going to the barter and watching these wonderful children's shows that were that were created there at the barter and just always always being amazed by the actors and thinking they were stars you know on that small stage but um you know it wasn't until high school that i really started to to kind of merge that that love of storytelling really with theater and musical theater especially um i think the first musical i really fell in love with that i just remember dying over was sondheim's into the woods it was my (laughs) my very first and and uh just the storytelling aspect of that. But then going into, I went to school at Abilene Christian University in Texas, and I was going to be a history teacher or an English teacher or something like that. And I just fell in love with the theater department there. And we had a, we had a wonderful department there that, that really encouraged me and encouraged me to kind of do this, if this is what I really wanted to do. I found myself gravitating more towards theater people than I did the history boring people. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, if I can do history and theater, that would be great. So by the end of the, by the end of the uh, four years I was there, I was a theater major and I got a I got a degree in directing and acting. And uh, from there, I went on and uh, did children's theater for about three years in California, in Northern California, and really uh, that's just took a took a huge shine to to children's theater and making sure that 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 next generation of theater goer was really. Uh, that that we really um poured into that and so I, I love that aspect of it and then it was around then that i got a job at uh the jenny wiley theater in kentucky and that's where our paths crossed
0: yes, mm-hmm. yes. i love this i love this story but please tell it <laughs> i it was funny because i
1: i think it's so funny how it came together because i um was working a temp job. I always was hustling. So I was never one of those actors just kind of waiting around for the gig. I was always looking for it. So I was looking in backstage in the paper at my temp job and I see last minute casting and... Uh, which has always been they've had somebody drop or something. So I was looking at last minute casting and there's my friends are listed on this ad. And I, so I call it my friends that are choreographing and directing. And I'm like, what's going on and why haven't you told me about this gig? And they're like, well, it's out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And I didn't think you'd want to go. And I said, yes, I want to go. I don't have a gig for the summer. And um, so I was, I auditioned for that at, 8 a.m. because I was getting on a train to another gig um, that same day. So I came in at 8 a.m. and sang for my friends. Um, of course, they let me in first, or maybe 8:30. It was before the audition started because I had to get on a train. So I remember auditioning for that, and then I get cast as uh, it was a regional a rep it's a, a repertory which are, there's several shows you do in the mm-hmm. summer as for a summer stock and I was cast as a sister in an original musical and then I was cast you know in some other some other good roles um I got to be Lily St. Regis and Annie which yeah. was like a dream come true so I was excited about that and then my friend Scott calls back who was the writer of this new musical and he said, actually, our um, the lead has dropped out and I want you to play it and it was Jenny Wiley at the Jenny Jenny Wiley and the Legend of Jenny Wiley at the Jenny Wiley State Park at the Jenny Wiley Theater and I would make fun of it and I thought it was the most... role of all roles I would make fun of it I was like I'm gonna go to Jenny
0: Wiley Theater and play Jenny Wiley and the Legend of
1: Jenny Wiley at <laughs> Jenny Wiley State Park and I thought that was so ridiculous but I was all for it I was like sure. and I started listening to music and I was actually very excited and very flattered yeah. but it was just a funny thing to but say right. so yes so then day one And I like your part of how you got the gig, because I do think, you know, we've had early on in our dating, or maybe even engagement, but I had said that I thought fate had brought us together, so this was our argument, so this is my way of showing that it does. Yeah, so
2: I was in California, and I had gotten a job uh, for that summer, summer of 1997, Uh, I'd gotten a job at the Barter Theater, where I'd grown up, I was going to be a company member, (laughs) You know, everything was coming full circle and some, uh, some unfortunate incidents happened at the barter administratively during that time. Mm -hmm. And they were, they called literally probably a few weeks before and said, yeah, we can't honor your contract. You gotta, sorry about that. So I called my friend Scott, who was her friend Scott. Um, <laughs> we'd worked, uh, this, So this was 2001. Actually, I'm yes, sorry. It's 97 was the first year I yeah. I, I, direct, I, I worked at. Jenny yeah. Wiley. So this
1: is you had. He'd been there years before.
2: Yeah, I'd worked there. I'd worked there four years before. Yeah. Um, and so I called Scott because I'd worked there before. And I said, "Hey, do you have any roles?" And he's like, "Well, I have this, but I do have the role of uh, Thomas Wiley, who's Jenny Wiley's husband." <laughs> And the Legend of Jenny Wiley. I was like, great! I knew the story. I mean, I played—I'd played in like a campground version of it in 1997. So I, I was like really excited. Yeah.
1: So then, so then, yeah. So then I am—I get to Jenny Wiley, and I'm there early because I'm in like the first cast. That you know, there's people come around May, and then there's people come a little later. So I was there in May. So I was one of the first people there, and then I was meeting people, and I was getting ready to meet him, and they and I said, hey, you know, and when I got there, I realized playing Jenny Wiley is a huge deal there, so I was starting to feel pretty, like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is big <laughs> for, the, for Eastern Kentucky, yes, you know, yes. so I was like, oh, I'm playing Jenny Wiley, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're like, oh! Mark Smith is playing Thomas Wiley. He's Dreamy. And I was like, okay. They're like, oh, you get to play Je- Mark Smith. So, so when I met Mark Smith, I was already like, who's Mark Smith? Right. Mr. Thanks dreamy. I, I was over it. So anyway, I met him and I, I think I literally said, hi, I'm Bethany. Nice to meet play you. I'm playing your wife.
0: <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah.
1: Showman's commences.
0: Yeah. It, was first, it was my first day there because he came
1: early just... Also, you would have showed up early. You hadn't started rehearsals yet, and then I was in um, the. I think he was just checking out the ladies because I was in an all-girl cast <laughs> for us, and he just happens to walk through and the, uh, the rehearsal. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. So we dated, and then he ended up moving to New York City. And we got engaged in New York, and then.
2: But it wasn't a showmance in terms no, of it. it no. just, oh, really? No, no.
0: We never dated that summer. Oh my gosh, I thought you did. No. Okay, okay. we never dated that summer. Okay. We were just. Friends.
2: we were very, very flirty.
0: <laughs> yes, as theater people funny.
1: can be. But, but, <laughs>
2: um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a year after before mm-hmm. we before we actually yeah. reconnected. And,
1: yeah, I remember looking at a picture because we we played husband and wife, and we mm-hmm. had a family, and I, we had this fun picture of us at a pool party with the kids that were our family, as a family. And I remember looking at that picture thinking, am I missing something? Is this, is this, like, I just remember kept looking at that. And then, yeah. And he did let me know at the end of the summer that he he was fond of me after the summer. So I was like, right? (laughs)
0: Hey! So, okay, then you get married in New York. And then you have a pretty big move yes that probably yeah. you, I'm not sure if you saw that coming can you tell us about how you got here yeah, to we Georgia did, we knew we
1: didn't want to stay in New York City yeah um, because I'm such a visionary engage, being engaged to me is me saying hey <laughs> just so you know someday I'm going to own a theater and I also want to adopt children that won't look like me right. so are we good with that right, right? Yeah. so he kind of signed up for the journey yeah a yeah. little bit I do it every day I sign up for the <laughs> <laughs> he's like where are we going today journey. right? Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. That. So, and so we had also decided that job stability was going to be an important thing for us to not be stressed as sure. new married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put all of our eggs in his basket. Okay. So, yes. The, the highly educated and the one that's, it's <laughs> very likable to get, we, we can, and get a job. And he would, and yeah. you had worked in, um, you had worked in, uh,
2: high school before teaching theater. yeah yeah I, I yeah I taught before at a private high school so mm-hmm. I put I kind of put the word out or just resumes yeah. out for private high school theater teachers okay. <clears throat> so I didn't have a master's I just had mm-hmm. the, the bachelor's and mm-hmm. so um, I didn't have my teaching certification so uh, the school down here uh, in in near Atlanta it's, it was in Fairburn we're actually now in Peachtree City Fayetteville which is right They're all close to each other, (laughs) South Atlanta. And uh, they had an opening for a theater teacher. And so we liked the idea of warm weather, (laughs) close to the beach, close to a big city still, but also close to our families who were both in Kentucky and and Tennessee at the time. So that's why we made that decision. But it was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And we went and we... I never
1: saw it. I came sight unseen. And, I did not see it until he had already. We saw were it.
2: graciously given a house um, mm-hmm. by one of the, the the parents of the school, and it was literally the oldest foundation uh, out in the middle of country <laughs> nowhere <laughs> in Coweta <Yeah. Kaueta laughs> County, Georgia. And so it was quite a it was quite a yeah. change. But yeah. we knew this area also because she'd done some research.
1: Yeah, we had a friend that also was at Jenny Wiley Theater, um, which is always to me Here's part of the fun. story. Um, and she, she had just gotten her degree in theater management, and I was picking her brain, because that's all I ever talked about. And she's like, I don't want anything to do with this, so if you want my textbooks, go for it, because I'm not doing it. And so then I was researching, and then we were talking about maybe Lexington, Kentucky for a theater, because it was closer to both of our families. And she yeah. off a, off the cuff, like, a year and a half before that said, that's not where it's at. It's at South Atlanta. And just that's off that. the cuff. Wow. She's in, I mean, mm-hmm. so, and I don't think she even realized she was speaking that. but um, I think she said she did her thesis on it. We never saw it. I mean, I never saw anything. Right. So, yeah. So then when he said we were looking at Dayton, Ohio, and they already have theaters there, or mm-hmm. we're looking at South Atlanta, and that somehow, like, the buried depth of mind, I'm like, I think... That was the area like yes. I only had driven through Atlanta to get to Florida like I yeah. didn't know this area at all so um yeah so then I was like I think that was the area let's and we did the research and there were no theaters down here so we moved down here with that intent I know
0: and yeah, then I, I mean I love so there's so many like full circle moments for you just in that one thing that you just said that that one phrase just yeah. triggered the memory triggered yeah. the creative juices and here you are yeah. and so you built the legacy theater yes. how many years running now
1: we're almost yes. to... Eighteen? Eighteen is two, Yeah, because we were... We
2: were going there. on to 18. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Eighteen years. Because we was opened in 2006. and
0: six. Six. Yeah. I yeah, just celebrated my 18th wedding anniversary, yeah. 2005. Yeah. And I was part of your inaugural show. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I always kind of measure my marriage with the, <laughs> with the, yeah. with the theater yeah. life. Um, wow, 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 wow. I mean, I'm sure that everybody just welcomed you with open arms, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it, was, yes. it, it
1: was tricky. It was. It, it was. Starting, I'm sure it starting was. Starting theater was tricky because, you know, and for anyone out there, you know, starting a business mm-hmm. or one of those mm-hmm. things, You don't have to follow the roadmap. You can learn from it by all means. I was learning. And I mean, we would go to a bookstore and there'd be a clearance on how to produce a show without money or whatever. And I would read all of it um, and absorb every bit I could. But there was nothing on the formula that what we were doing. My sister's an entrepreneur and she's in a for-profit business model. So I kind of modeled it more like that, but she's not in the arts. So there's just, you know, the arts is non-profit. So everybody's like, why wouldn't you want money? It's free money for the arts. Yeah. No one asks for no money, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we came down here and, um, you know, Mark was teaching. And I just had this, like, I had to birth this. I had to. And we had zero money. Like, we didn't have anything. And, um, but anyway, I just kept feeling compelled to go for this and I had to add, you know I was like to mark because we started on weekends I'd want to look at vacant buildings that were sure. millions of dollars and he was like why are we doing this like you know so um eventually we had to have a conversation of just like hey because he's so busy at work he was yeah. doing amazing things mm-hmm. at, at his at the school and you know I was like but I need to start this you know yeah. so he was like yes go for it go do your thing um and just things started coming together with, you know, our business, you know, had a solid business plan. Um, you know, we didn't chance it. You know, we had been here for a good year uh, when I started planning everything, probably one year when we started planning it. But but it, we lucked out in the time it was, there was a lot of um, building happening. It was a big boom um, for real estate at that time. Mm-hmm. It was before the 2008 crash. Yes. yes. So we lucked out on that, finding a developer and um, yeah, but, but the town, I mean, not just the town, but there were definitely people that said... This you sh- you know the the way to do that kind of thing at an arts um, complex is you should have a non for profit for years and you're in different facilities and then we raise big capital funding and we get the money <laughs> together and eventually you find some backers and then then you launch or build a big, giant facility. So, um, and that's not what we did. No, you (laughs) did not. (laughs) We surprised everyone um, by opening, you know, a tiny boutique theater that is lovely and beautiful and has such a, such a, it's such a cool, a cool place to experience a show. Um, So, yeah. So we opened in, we um, had the, by 2000, we got married in 2004. Four. We moved here in August, by November the next year. So just, uh, you know, 14 months later, I had the architectural plans Mm -hmm. for the business. And then we opened less than a a year later we opened. Yeah.
0: Or one year later from that one year from the plans we opened in 2006. And as beautiful as you know, the main stage productions have been, and I, this is where kind of, you know, the education side of it comes back in because you also taught dance, I believe, Bethany and everything. And so, you know, now it's not just a theater. You have a conservatory as well so how tell us tell us a little bit more about legacy dream and how many years it's been running yeah. and how that merges with this beautiful vision that you have now sure
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah do you want to no, go
2: ahead. Mm-hmm. no you go ahead for sure
1: well, we started with um, partnering with a dance studio that was here, Mm -hmm. um, but education was always part of it. Before we had Legacy, I actually started what was called the Broadway Workshop. Mm -hmm. So that was my very first thing that I said, I've got to start something. So I started, which is so fun because I have people that work with me today that were in my original Broadway Workshop of these 20 kids. And of course, we did little scenes from Annie because that's (laughs) all, you know, know, full circle. Um, So... We started with the dance studio, and then we transitioned to Legacy Dance, and then Mark started uh, Legacy Studios. So, it was four years... Well, you started it probably two years in. Legacy Studios, we moved over, because we started with Broadway Workshop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you had Legacy Studios. So, we had Legacy Studios and Legacy Dance, and um, I, it was just feeling... Um, it was, it was feeling too divided within our own company. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I went, because that's what everyone knows is you have this, and then you have this, and everything always fits in a box, and sure. I just was like, it wasn't working for me. Personally, there were two websites, two everything. Everything uh, was separate. Yeah. Actually, three. So I'd always say, hi, I'm Bethany Smith, I'm from Legacy Theater, Legacy Dance, Legacy Studios. I would literally always say that. <laughs> <laughs> too many like, subtitles. Yes. they <laughs> are like, why? Um, yeah, so, I, so we ended up um, deciding that we were going to kind of blow that business model up. Yeah. And we kind of blew it up. We just got rid of both of those things. We got rid of websites. I mean, it messed up our Google searches, you know, Mm -hmm. because the search Legacy Dance, that's a great search, you know. So, I mean, it just blew everything up. And we went with just Legacy Theater and Legacy Dream Conservatory. Um, But it's really cool because we're parents. So we Mm -hmm. now are building for what we want as a parent, not what the formula is. So we've built something where kids can do you can take an acting class, and you can take a dance class. And if you're 12 and you've never danced before, that's okay. Yes. Most kids will never enter I a dance that. studio at 12 years mm-hmm. old. They're too scared to. Mm-hmm. And we, that's, who, that's, that's our dream students. Yeah. You know, it's the kid that's at school, maybe isn't great in sports, maybe doesn't find their, their um, core group of friends, and they can find their people here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. kind and they
2: also may not even be the, the star of the school play. Exactly. You know, they're the one that can find an outlet here that, where they can shine. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the whole point is that they find their, they find their place.
1: Yeah. So it's been so fun to watch because now we've been around long enough to have kids that are, you know, performing professionally, of course, a lot, but also just, just come back and visit and just love the theater, which is sure. worth, like Mark was saying, like part of our initial um, mission statement was um, inspiring the next generation of budding artists and theater goers, yeah. people that just want to come to experience live theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but my one of my favorite things is to come to legacy between classes, because it is bustling with the kids and talking, and it's its its own, like, you know, fame, four years high school. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like its own thing, and to see, they all have relationships way beyond, mm-hmm. um, way beyond what they do here in classes. You know, they've built their own community, you know, the students, and that's, you know, just so sweet to watch, and, you know, there's 350 students, you know, it's it's yeah.
0: huge. It's, I it's mean, so- it really... You're wearing your namesake well, you know, yeah. as a legacy and yeah. building a legacy. And so I, speaking of legacy, you know, something that's so beautiful about being an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this and you're running, you know, as a performing artist, you know, you're doing the thing as your own, you're your own boss. You can do your things. Mm-hmm. You can produce whatever show you want. You can star with it, <laughs> whatever show you want. And you can produce your own original musicals, and so Mark, you've gotten the chance to do just that.
2: I know, and I never Tell thought I, about- I never thought I would, honestly. Really? I, no, I, I, I never saw myself. I always saw myself more as an actor director. I never really saw myself as somebody who would uh, create something from the ground up. I think uh, you know, Bethany's always told me because I, if I write her a card for her anniversary or for her birthday, you know, she always cries, She's crying <laughs> You know, because she always felt like I was a really good writer, yes. and I was like, well, I appreciate that. And and, and just being an English, you know, an English and mm-hmm. history and stuff, that's always been a, a love of mine, and, and literature and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so, I don't know, it was just, it was an idea hit me. I guess being, I guess at the time it was 2000, um, it was 2017, I guess, uh, when the idea hit me, and and just it was a, it was honestly it, it felt like more like it was a story that needed to be told as opposed to me like I want to try this myself I was like I was like something needs somebody whether it's me or not somebody mm-hmm. needs to put to tell this story and and uh, so the story was uh, you know I'd been doing a lot of uh, research and a lot of uh, kind of self um, evaluation on just my own faith and with that I was kind of going down this this rabbit hole of the the this this celtic stream of christianity and and what that meant and how how it kind of came to fruition in the in the second century um, and how it kind of paralleled the 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 world of western christianity and how it kind of fell by the wayside and and kind of it was a lost theology for a long time but but it's still going but it's still going today through different through different paths and and there was a guy named Pelagius, and he was a fourth uh, century monk uh, from from Great britain and His life paralleled the life of Saint Augustine, who we all raised, raised in religious circles kind of mm-hmm. know who saint augustine was of hippo and so but Pelagius was excommunicated from the church and i and I was like um, and I thought that was just an interesting story because um a lot of his a lot of his work is now coming back into light and it's 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 getting a following, especially through the writings of this guy named John Philip Newell, who I'd been following. And so all that to say, all those little things that were kind of percolating just intellectually and spiritually in my head, I was like, Well, how can I take this and use it in my art? And how can I tell this story on stage, which is what my platform is, you know, where where my storytelling ability is. And so I started just oh, and the other on the other side of that, I was listening to some music by a guy named Michael Gunger, who had a band uh, named Gunger, who was a he's a worship leader. But wrote a lot of worship music in the early two thousands, and he was having kind of his own deconstruction of faith. And as he was doing that, he was writing music that was much more uh, spiritual, a little more. Um, uh, a little more avant-garde um and so as i was listening to these two things i was reading and i was listening and i was reading and i was like ah oh, this is a this is a show this is a, his music is 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 such that it kind of fits within this world of Pelagius and Augustine and i was like i don't think there's really anybody else in the world right now mm-hmm. who could who would be able to who would want to tell this story this way and I, and I, I it was almost one of those things that they talk about you know art is something that you give birth to, totally. and it really felt like it was like it was saying, "Speak it, speak mm-hmm. it, put it out, just do something with it." Whether it's just a a reading or a or or just a blurb or, or something, you know, a song and a story, you know. And so, it was a six year, uh, I went on six years now, a six year process of 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 writing and rewriting and, and going to Scotland and sitting down with John Philip Newell and asking him questions about. Uh, how this story could come to life and, and, and Bethany, you know, me saying, Oh, it's never going to happen. I can't do it. You know, I don't have the actors. I don't have the, I don't, I don't have the wherewithal to sit and write this thing. And she was like, no go. I mean, she literally booked a hotel room for me one night and said, and gave me a journal and said, start writing and just get it out there. And so that's kind of how the process started. And I, I remember finishing it on a plane trip from Hawaii I'd gone to Hawaii to kind of finish it. I remember on that plane trip, and just writing, you know, blackout and just kind of being overwhelmed with what had come out. And so, (laughs) so now, you know, it's gone through a concert, it's gone through, which was last year, COVID kind of gave it a little bit of a hit, but also gave me a little time to percolate with it, you know, and kind of sit with it. And now, you know, I've got this amazing group, including you, these these wonderful Mm -hmm. actors who have, come on board from all across the country yes. all different walks of life mm-hmm. all different histories with the
1: It is like a dream year. cast. Yeah. I mean the people that it is insane.
2: You know and literally I was calling people from Europe you know while we were there yeah. this summer and saying I I want you here with this production. You know I want you to be a part of this. So what do you think? And it really was about people reading it and getting and whether or not they were on board with it or not because it is a little bit you know it's a little bit different. And so but the amazing thing was is everybody I think it it talked to them where they were. And I'm, I'm just amazed it's going to be on our stage. You know, it's our first real, we've had a couple world premieres, mm-hmm. which has always been really, really exciting for us, uh, but this is the first, like, really, it's it's a world premiere. So, um, and it's ours. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing about, you know, one of the, the most difficult things about producing or doing your own show is really finding the space. Mm-hmm. And beautifully and amazingly, we have the space. It was just a matter of writing it. Um, and Bethany's, we can talk more about how we work together. But Bethany's <laughs> been so gracious as a producer, saying, "We'll do what we have to do, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, to to put it on stage and and see this thing happen." And so I'm excited about people experiencing it, not only just as a show, but it and just spiritually and emotionally and. And if they hate it, that's great. And if they love it, that's great. It doesn't really matter to me. It's so
1: cool though, and it's like something you've never seen, which is what I'm so excited to bring. Yeah. I mean, it's one. I love new works. I mean, I have mm-hmm. always loved new works, mm-hmm. and we have to, we have to have new works because right now right. it's funny because this you know one of the things that is drives producers crazy good and bad Mm good we have mixed relationships with it are the jukebox musicals yes where you take someone's Mm -hmm. song catalog Mm -hmm. share or mj or Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. dirty dancing i could literally do this for 25 minutes (laughs) listing of all the musicals that are out there that are just a jukebox musical of songs you've already heard "Mamma mia and you put it with the thing um there's a formula to it it's very successful it's great for us producers but artistically it's not very fulfilling so the irony that this literally is like the most (laughs) unjukeboxy of all jukebox musicals because no one will have heard the music before yeah um but it's pretty it's just so amazing that the two were created separately but yet how mark's um his inspiration to put those together so beautifully i'm like yeah this is this is it, it's it's remarkable and i and just the style of it and i'm you know and i'd love to hear your like what it's like yeah. being an actor in this
0: process <laughs> oh my goodness i know i'm trying to be so sweet and courteous and let you finish but like i'm just bubbling yeah. inside yeah. because you know my decision to be a part of it it's it, i I find it so refreshing to hear you say, I just wanted to see the actors or whoever I presented it to, their reaction to it and their reaction to the story. And that was it for me. That was it, um, you know, without giving spoilers. I mean, the, the, the themes that are talked about and discussed in this show are very still contemporary in terms of our struggles and whether we're talking about it at a political level or, you know, spiritual level or societal level. It's so relatable. And this voice, one of the biggest components of this voice, uh, of this show and of what Pelagia stood for was the way that women are honored and upheld. And, um, you know, I obviously being a woman and raising two daughters, you know, I was very moved by the writing for sure. And I I listened to the music and I was, it just sparked so much curiosity within me. And now that I get to be a part of it, I, you know, I've, I've had my trajectory in shows and both, you know, in here and in Virginia. And worked with great direct musical directors but i don't think i've ever been given so much freedom or i should say trust as an actor as a performer to really take the material and make it my own and i feel like out of all the roles, and listen, I have played my dream role. I've been Daniela in the Heights, and I would do that like in in a heartbeat. That part, that role for me did speak to you know my cultural identity. But there's something about this role. I'm playing the role of Eveline in this show. Um, that has been I've embodied it in in a way that has been very deep. I'll even say mystical in a way. You know, like before <laughs> that, episode two of the you know well to be continued of this podcast, but and i was and i was sharing with my family just there's i mean apart from maybe the historical aspect you know i'm not I'm not a druid, you know, I'm not Irish, but there's something about it that feels so natural to me when I come into it as a performer. And as performing artists who listen to this, you know, your art, like you say, is a birthing of some sort. And when it feels so authentic and so true to you, I feel like you just come alive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I come alive, you know, in this role, singing this music, being a part of this process. And like I said, being able to meet these Um, this, this amazing cast and hear their stories that are so different from mine, right? So different from my upbringing, yet we just, we find common ground here and it's so succinct, the creative process, even just from a very surface level, vocal level, you know, I mean, the way we match our voices and blend and they're all very distinct, but yet it's, it's just this beautiful body of work that it's an honor to bring to life, you know, here and and for audiences to get to experience it. And I think I I like art personally that doesn't just entertain me but makes me think. Yeah. And this will definitely make you think. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh, so exciting! So exciting! I love it. So, what do you see? Okay, let's say there's somebody listening to this who's feeling a little discouraged in their journey, and this may speak to the musical theater artist in particular. What would you say to them?
1: I well, one advice I always give to our to our kids when they're trying our students when they're trying to get Mm -hmm. into colleges. No one can stop you from performing. Mm -hmm. Literally no one. Mm -hmm. No one. Especially in this day and age. You have a podcast, get on, Mm -hmm. sing, (laughs) get on TikTok. No one can stop you from performing. No one can stop you from creating art. Mm So just start, you know, that's like, that's my favorite thing is always inspiring people mm-hmm. for their dreams. And, um, you know, Mark kept trying to stop, you know, mm-hmm. just right. Just for whatever reason, it's like, I like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Even when we were just recently in Europe, this isn't going to happen because, because you know, things, roadblocks are going to come. They just are. Someone's going to tell you it, it's not any good. You're not talented. You're to this, you're to that. It's never going to pay money. All of those things. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Do it anyway. Just do it. Just keep going because if you'll always improve and you will have created something that wasn't there before. Whether or not you turned it into money, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You don't even like training kids, I mean, because it has changed and it, you won't always be able to support your family. I don't support my family on income just from, I mean, we're doing a lot of different things. Right. Um, but it's not about that. It's about creating art and growing artistically, individually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I would always say there will be roadblocks. And when they're there, then you say yes, and I will still do it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
0: What about you, Mark?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I I mean, I think ultimately I would say, I would say dig deep, dig deep and find what that, what, who your true self is and stay true to that, stay true to that true self. And and allow, allow yourself to fail, allow yourself to, and it's not even failure. It's not mm-hmm. even failing. Mm-hmm. It's failing in somebody else's eyes. It's allow yourself to, to, to do it again, I guess, if you, if you, if you find, your, find yourself in a place where you're stuck or you find yourself in a place where you're discouraged. I think that um, digging deep, but also finding a community is also a big a big deal with all this, and I think that um, finding people that encourage you, and finding people that are on your side, and finding people that that love you, and love what you do, and look at you with with nothing but um, no filters over their eyes when they see you, and allowing them to talk, speak to you. I mean, having a partner like Bethany. I mean, I wish everybody had a little Bethany on their
0: shoulder. <laughs> I agree.
2: (laughs) But, but she, she is, she is your biggest, someone who will be your biggest cheerleader will also filter you when you need to be filtered (laughs) and will give you constructive criticism as well. Um, and allow you to, to just flourish, I mean, is, is a huge thing. So try to find that. We don't do anything in isolation. We don't do anything. because that's why we're artists, right? We want to mm-hmm. share that human experience with everybody else, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's I think that's important. Don't isolate. Don't isolate. Right. Find that true self and, and put it out there.
1: And Mark, you do that too. Like he, mm-hmm. for me, you know, there's many times where you know he, he is my sounding board, where I can say, "Hey," and it doesn't have to be a spouse. This doesn't have to be in a. Right. You can have just mm-hmm. other friends. You know, you can have just other other friends that are also wanting more for their lives, mm-hmm. right? Um, You know, but there's many times, you know, I always tell Mark, he's never told me no. He's never told me. And he says, he has. I have. I don't know. He said but I listened to his advice. I I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember anything of importance to me that he's ever said no to me. You know, and I, you know, my mom kind of raised me that way as well. (laughs) Um, But on no on, I mean, yes, on things that were about my passions. Of course. You know, so that's, um, you know, I think you have to find people like, yeah, I think that's great. Um, I agree. You have to find other cheerleaders for you, um, even if they don't get it. But if they're, if you have people that don't believe in it, you can't really tell them about your stuff. You just need to let that go and move on and find other people that want to hear about it.
0: I mean, aren't you ready to go do something, right? Like, have you been sitting on that lyric, on that chord structure? Um, Call that person that said, hey, anytime you want to come sing with us, come do it. There's no time like the present. And if you are anywhere in the metro Atlanta region and want to come see and experience the show, Pelagius the New Musical opens September 8th and runs through September 8th through September the 17th at the Legacy. Theater. You can get tickets at thelegacytheater.org. That information will also be in the show notes. And thank you again for tuning in, my friend. Hasta la próxima.